I'm Tracy Burns. Welcome to Five Things. I'm a financial advisor with UBS, and you're going to learn five things and then move the heck on because we all got stuff to do. I'm on a mission to help women through divorce, transition. I'm here to empower them as best I can. I have a super soft spot for female founders and entrepreneurs and, of course, small businesses. And then there's this wage gap that I am super passionate about closing. I have three teenagers, two are girls, so I have a personal interest. This podcast is a super small piece of helping us all get there. Now, before we dive into our next fabulous guest, I want you to try to go back and listen to our previous podcast. There's some great stuff out there. Five things your business should be thinking about right now. Five ways to create your own opportunity. Five ways to lead remotely. By the way, that's not going anywhere. And of course, why cash is always queen. So check it out. Um, so our next guest is so funny. She like totally buried the lead when she sent me her bio, which by the way, I could recite in my sleep because full disclosure, she's one of my best friends and the my most favorite person to brainstorm with. Alana Ray is the founder of Etra, which is, as she calls it, a resource and mentorship platform for girls approaching high school, but it's way more than that. And like just a hot second ago, she was listed by Forbes as part of the inaugural 250 Entrepreneurs featured on the 2021 Forbes Next 1000 list, which you and I have to talk about why those numbers don't add up, Like, but that's okay. Um, so Alana, I want you to hop in because you were, you know, you were a former big attorney, Skadden Arps, M&A. I remember hearing stories about how you kept a suitcase under your desk at all times, because that was literally the kind of job you had. It's true. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to do this. Well, I'm thrilled to have you because, you know, before we dive into the kids and what you're doing with these girls, you, you know, people should know that you, like I said, you had this big job and like so many people, especially so many women during COVID had to make career choices, whether it's because of family, because of health, because of lifestyle, women generally have been the ones to make this decision. Um, and here you are, you left this big job for whatever reason it was. And, you know, I always say the necessity is the mother of invention. You, you recreated yourself, you recreated your life pretty much based on the fact that you found a gap in this middle school age group that no one was talking to them. It's exactly right. And it's, it's funny because had I not had the job I had working in the law industry, I don't think I ever would have come across this, and I don't know that it would have been brought to my attention as early as it was. Um, you're right. I was an M&A lawyer at Skadden Arps, and you know this in person. I was the happiest and nerdiest lawyer ever. Um, right. I never thought I would do anything but practice law. I went straight through from college to law school and you know, at 24 was in M&A. And it was a, a very male-dominated field, but one of the best things that happened to me early on was that I had a female mentor. And this woman named Nancy Lieberman, who was the youngest partner Skadden had ever made at the time, um, really took me under her wing and brought me through the ranks. And I just grew to love it more and more. But what I realized was that while I had this amazing mentor, um, not everyone did. And then later when I had my daughter and she was in middle school, I realized that I wasn't showing her the job that I had. I wasn't showing her this female mentorship that I was experiencing at work. And she really didn't know what I did every day at all. And, you know, I was at the firm actually twice. You said that I left it. I left it twice. I left for six years when my kids were small, when I first had two kids. Then I came back for another 10 years. 
Um, so I, I was at that firm two separate times and both times the firm was amazing about women and being diverse and inclusive and promoting just based on merit. But while I was in that tremendous environment, I would come home at the end of the day, throw the briefcase under the bed and just talk to my daughter only about her and her brother and what was going on. And I wasn't showing her what my job entailed. And she had no sense at all of what I did. And it grew to bother me. But I, but, but see, but this is so super important because one, this is life. This happens all the time. I remember in my previous life, in my previous career, you know, no one gave a dang that I was on TV, except every now and then I'd get, geez, who did your hair? <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, can you help me with my homework? So, so what you did was so spot on just to start to introduce this group of girls to what they can be. And yes, you were so fortunate that you were able to look up to someone. But what I love about this most is that we, especially today, say we need more women in the workplace. We need to promote within. But if we don't have them there to promote, right? If we don't have them in high school thinking about becoming business majors and going to law school, there's nobody to promote. And that's where you come in. Well, that's exactly it. So when my daughter was in middle school and I realized that she didn't know, you know, what you did every day, or she didn't know what any of my other friends who might be surgeons or judges or pilots or these really cool jobs. And she would say, oh, that's, you know, your friend from book club, or that's your friend from, you know, the school committee. I started bringing her to lunch with a lot of these women and introducing her just quickly, little 15 minute, 20 minute blurbs, what they did every day. What's it like to work in a hospital? What's it like to be an engineer or work in fashion? And again, I was lucky that I had this tremendous army of girlfriends who were generous with their time and candid with their wisdom, but it was really impactful for my daughter. And so then when I retired from law truly in 2014, the mentorship thing was just still with me. And I thought, you know, all those lunches that I took my daughter to back in the day, like every girl should be doing this. And you shouldn't need to have that access within your own phone to, to be able to provide that for a girl. Why should the girl from this private school have any more access than a girl from this charter school or a public school or homeschooled? Let's figure out a platform where we can bring girls in middle school in that crucial age where confidence can drop by 30% between the ages of eight and 14, or when they suddenly become less likely to raise their hand and no one knows why, let's take girls at that age and introduce them directly, face-to-face, over lunch, or just in an in-person meeting with female leaders in really interesting jobs. And so that was the original idea for ETRA, and I named it ETRA because it means to be in French. And that's kind of the idea, asking girls, early on, who do you want to be? And now let's introduce you to those people. And don't lose it. Like, who do you want to be? Stay focused on that. You know, your book, Etra Girls, Who Do You Want to Be? came out in 2019 on the Day of the Girl. Um, You have been profiled in Forbes, in Worth. On the Huffington Post, you write prolifically all the time. You're out there for these girls. And I think one of the most beautiful and humbling things about it is that you are so about them. You're not looking for the press for yourself. You truly want these girls to look up, see who they could be, and and not to lose that vision, right? Because like, like you said, that's our problem. We lose these girls. I still don't know why we do, but we do. Yeah. 
but it makes a difference. And it's one thing as the mom or as the aunt or something like that to tell our girls, and we all do, everyone who's listening to this, we all lean in and tell our girls, you can be anything, raise your voice, raise your hand, and we mean it. And it's valuable, but I almost think there's a whole other gear that you shift into when you take that same girl who's reluctant to raise her hand and you put her in front of someone at a company she loves. You know, one thing that we we really try to do at Etra is I don't bring girls to any company where they don't ask to go. So I'm not bringing them to a law firm that I know or, you know, an accounting firm where I have friends because they're not interested right now. I'm bringing them to places where they vote to go. So Spotify, Google, YouTube, the stock exchange. So they're already interested. They know the company or they use the product or they they use the platform. And to stand that girl who's nervous about raising her hand in front of someone who says, you know, I felt exactly the same way when I was your age. I really did. And now I'm an executive at Spotify. Come meet my team. Come into my boardroom. That's a different level of impact. And that girl will remember it. And later, when she gets to high school, when she gets to college, as we're seeing now, because we're sort of growing up with our girls, Etra is four now, um, they can circle back to those women and say, hey, I'm thinking about internships, or would you look at my resume? I'm getting to that next stage in my career. And that 20 minute period I spent with you when I was in eighth grade meant everything. And that's so unbelievably rewarding to see these women come back and extend the hand again. Which is leads us beautifully into the five things that we're going to talk about here. What do these, you know, these amazing accomplished women who, by the way, like, and I keep saying this, you know, one day we're going to sit on the beach and we're going to tell our girls the truth about what it took for us to get from point A to point B. Cause it was not easy. Right. You, you did have a female mentor, but it was not easy. There were glass ceilings everywhere that we each had to crack on through. So as an accomplished woman, you've met so many of them. What do they want girls to know today. And your first point is to listen to yourself. This is so important because girls, especially 13, 14, 15, oh my God, they're nervous wrecks. They don't trust anything that comes out of their mouth. Right. But so listen to yourself. That is definitely my first thing. If you love chess and all you want to do is learn how to play chess or watch better players and all your friends are trying out for cheerleading, cheerleading's great, but stay with chess. Stay with what you love. Stay with the thing that resonates with you. And if you don't have a place at your school to dive more deeply into it, check out Etra, check out our resources. Let's find free, safe other places where you can find like-minded people. But listen to yourself and trust your instincts. And that's the thing. And be you know, and there is a there's a sense of bravery here that has to come through too, right? If everyone, right. you know, there will definitely be people that say, Oh my God, you play chess. Um, but you have to be brave enough and confident in yourself to moves us to your next point to lean into what moves you. It, it is important to be true to yourself and to, to fill your day with things that make you happy. Right. And it's exactly the age, you know, particularly in middle school where it's easy to quit. It's easy to feel like, boy, I love soccer. I've always loved soccer, but I don't think I'm going to make that high school team. I'm going to step out now. You know, it's unbelievable that by the age of age uh, 14, girls are quitting their sport at twice the rate of boys. And, you know, that's not across the board, but the statistic is there and it means something. So at exactly that age, why not have that girl speak with a collegiate athlete or a professional or an Olympic athlete and have her say, yep, I almost quit too, but then I didn't. And let's look at the medal for a minute that I'm wearing on my neck. These are the moments that grit, that resilience to lean into what you love, 
and then stay there a bit, stay in those cleats. How are you seeing, what are you seeing from your girls now? So just by way of context, we are um, early 2021, fingers crossed, toes crossed, God willing, coming out of this COVID whatever mess that it was. How are the girls? How are they leaning into what moves them when they're stuck in their homes? They are so unbelievably inspiring that truly, if any of us need a North Star to hold on to while we climb out of this pandemic, we need to look to the girls. Because here are middle and high school age girls who a lot of them had everything laid out in front of them. They knew when their fall sport was going to start, what their spring showcases were going to look like. The spring drama, the yearbook, all the activities that they loved suddenly evaporated and they were closeted at home and Zoom became their only you know, way to be in school. And where a lot of kids, I think, just could have crawled under the bed, the girls that I am seeing started quarantine projects. They reached out to help. They used 3D printers to make ventilator clips and mask clips. They started community service projects and home tie-dyeing businesses and everything they could to donate money to organizations in need. The activism that rose up during COVID certainly for the girls who had been drawn to Etra has been inspiring every single day. It's amazing. And what's most amazing is, you know, these girls are going to sit down 20 years from now when they're being interviewed by Forbes and on a list like you are, and they're going to say that COVID lockdown might have been that defining moment. And yes. that, right. And that we, we, you know, you are the champion of glass half full and sunshine. <laughs> That's why. You know what? It was echoed by a lot of the women we reached out to. Suddenly, a lot of the mentors who might have been unreachable in the past, and I say that with a grain of salt because not one company has said no when we've asked to reach out or go visit, but suddenly under lockdown, everyone was at their laptop. So women that might have been harder to get to suddenly had 20 minutes to Zoom with 25 girls and talk about her industry. And where before COVID, we had girls in eight states in the U.S., now we've got girls in six countries because Zoom allowed us to reach out and go a little bit global and include those girls in these virtual mentor pop-ups that we're doing. So I am glass half full, and I don't for a second want to underestimate or minimize what these girls are going through because it is hard and it is socially limiting and it is scary. But I will say they are rising up in numbers and making the best of it in extraordinary ways. It's amazing. And, and it brings us to your next point, which is learn from the experts, which the first thing everyone needs to do is to go to the, the site, right? Etrogirls.com, because the amount of experts you have brought together is, is crazy insane. But to your point that you have, you have access to these people. I don't think this is changing. I don't know about you, but as much as everyone is so sick of Zoom, it is such a better way to get things done. Perfect example here in the Northeast snowing like bananas, I already had two meetings, quote unquote, that would have been canceled because of the snow. They were not. Right. So right. the ability to reach out um, is now, you know, completely amplified. It is. And it's, it's something we're working on a second book now that's going to come out in March of 22 on um, International Women's Day. And a lot of what it is, is really expert advice from experts, from mentors and champions talking about their jobs and what it took to get there, exactly like you say, women in positions exactly like yours who have fought the hard fight and become you know, true experts in their field, giving advice to girls before they get into the work world. And so you know, 
being on our website, taking a look out for the next book that's going to come, following your role models on social. These are all ways that girls can learn from experts and get the advice they need now. Yeah. And, and not be afraid. Like, you know what? I think it's really important to, to talk to these experts. And, and I say this personally, it's not a straight line from point A to point B, right? Exactly. Mary Bard did not become the CEO of General Motors because she wanted to be in cars her whole life. Like we need to understand that, you know, there are twists and turns and you learn from these things. And so you can't be disappointed if you feel like you fall off track, which is where your mentors come in again to your next point. Finding mentors is so key right now because eventually those mentors could turn into sponsors. Right. Sponsors are the ones that get you where, you know, they're the ones that put their, their selves on the line for you. Right. These are all words that might seem very grown up to someone in middle school or high school, a mentor, a sponsor, a champion. What is the difference? But it all does boil down to find someone who already does that which you love and will help you and challenge you and inspire you. Um, I don't think it's ever too early. And frankly, to all the women who post COVID are pivoting careers or thinking about new phases of their life, it's never too early and it's never too late to right. find a mentor. Right. Super important. Talk to people, be honest, be open, because then these, these people, and, I'm t- and I think that's the beauty of social media. You can stay in touch. I, I've talked, I've touched base with people that I haven't talked to in seven years and you, those, you lay the groundwork. It is there forever. Yep. Your final point is to raise your hand. Um, and again, this almost brings us full circle to your first point. It is hard for girls sometimes to raise their hand. I don't know why, um, because I always had a big mouth. <laughs> but there are so many girls who are, are just so nervous. And, I, and how do we fix that? I mean, I think it's certainly easy to say raise your hand and in class, and that is probably the most typical environment where you're used to doing it, right? But a girl who is willing to raise her hand in the classroom is much more likely to raise it in the boardroom later. And that's important. Adam Grant has a new article out right now, and it's so, so well put, um, where he talks about the importance of female voices in the room and refusing to be spoken over. And it's it's a wonderful article if you get a chance to see it. Um, but how can girls start to raise their hand more often and in, in a better way? I think social media comes in here again. Social media does allow you to be the listener first. You don't have to post. You don't have to tweet. You don't have to raise your voice just yet. But you can listen and you can like or you can share. And it's a way to put the toe in the water on substantive topics that speak to you. And then you can start to speak up about it. So in a, in a weird way, social media can be a force for good when it comes to raising your hand and slowly getting into the conversation. I will say that once girls are in the boardroom and they are looking at luminary women, they'll, they won't put their hands down. You can't stop them from talking. So okay. some, some of it is just the environment you're in. That's amazing. But that's all the more why um, we need girls to get involved in what you're doing because being able to make that face-to-face contact, whether it is via Zoom or uh, God willing, eventually someday in person, <laughs> it, is, it is, is imperative that we, they see and they look up. And, you know, look, it's, it's, it starts in the White House, right? And we're seeing it there. And hopefully that creates this whole new generation of girls who are willing to raise their hand and, and are willing to get involved and take action. Right. And I think, you know, to... Anyone with girls right now, you know, obviously introduce them to what we're doing. It's 
etregirls.com. And we are Etra Girls everywhere on social. Um, you know, girls today are watching. They're listening to us. They are leading slowly. You look at Amanda Gorman or Gitanjali Rayo, who was the time kid of the year of this year. These girls are examples in our midst. So we need to listen to them and encourage them. And for the women who are listening, mentor them when you can. Reach out, you know, don't underestimate them for a second. And that's why I'm so grateful to companies like UBS, because the smart companies know that if they want more women at the table, they should start saving seats for girls now. Alana, you have already pulled up multiple seats for these girls. You're doing amazing things. Everyone should check out this site. Breaking news on the book. I'm super excited for you on that. Congrats on the Forbes thing. It is the first of many lists you're going to be on. This this is a movement. I've said it before. It is not just a mentor platform. It is a movement. We need everyone to get behind this generation because, again, we want to get more girls at the table. We, we cannot lose them in eighth grade to science and business. We cannot lose them. We need them to keep going. And everyone needs to, therefore, log on to etragirls.com and get involved. Alana, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Congratulations on everything. I had the best time. Thank you so much. We will all be following you. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. In providing wealth management services to clients, we offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. For information, including the different laws and contracts that govern, visit UBS.com forward slash working with us. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, SIPC.